B. Love Slater was a young 23-year-old woman when she was murdered last year in Clewiston, Florida. Her car was found burned and her body unrecognizable for several days until dental records could confirm her identity. With leads drying up, B. Love Slater still does not have the justice that she deserves. This is Episode 9, The Murders of B. Love Slater and Yasmin Chances. I'm your host, Ariel. I'm going to refer to her as B for the remainder of this episode, but she was affectionately nicknamed, quote, Helpful B by her family. She was very family-oriented and gave her younger siblings ride to school and got her family to appointments using her PT Cruiser car. An independent 23-year-old with a job, a car, and an itch to get out of her small town of Pahokee, Florida. She lived around the southern bend of Lake Okeechobee, and when I looked this up on Google Maps, there was nothing but farmland for miles in every direction. This is the lower part of the Everglades, which is historically referred to as the muck, and sugarcane is a popular crop grown here. Pahokee has a population of around 6,000 people, and almost all of the famous people from this area are NFL players. Poverty is really high in the surrounding areas, and the community has struggled to work their way out of this declining city. The mean income is $36,000 annually, whereas the mean income for Florida State is $53,000. There is a new documentary that came out last year called Pahokee, and it follows the journey of several high school students. It has great ratings so far, and since we're all stuck at home during this pandemic, I think it may be a good time to watch this film. Last year, B was working as a security guard and saving up because she didn't feel like she belonged in the rural town of Florida and set her sights on Atlanta, Georgia. Labor Gay Day was coming up in Atlanta, and B wanted to go with her best friend Kernard and start a new life. They were so cute together, and Kernard referred to B as his Barbie. The only reason B didn't move to Atlanta right away was because Hurricane Dorian last year was so destructive that she was afraid it would be too difficult to find work and a place to live. B wasn't always B. She used to go by another name, and it wasn't until she announced her transition in early 2019 that she finally felt like she was living life as herself. She had top surgery, which boosted her confidence, and her family accepted her with open arms. Looking at pictures of B before she transitioned, it seems as if she was heading in that direction for some time. She started going by B when she turned 18 and started growing out her hair and wearing makeup. Before 2019, she wasn't ready to make the announcement to her family, but when she did, they described it as an overnight 180. After her transition, B had a close friend and what she considers her gay mother, Desmond Vereen, who described her as always having a smile on her face and gave hugs and kisses. She always told you that she loved you and she meant it. Before B's death, she was facing some issues within her community and talked about some verbal abuse and threats online. She had reported this to police in 2016, but they didn't seem to do much about it. They noted that the threats were vague and made by a Facebook account that was fake, so there really wasn't much that they can do. In 2018, B was robbed by a man she gave a ride to, 
and he stabbed her phone with a knife and threw it into a field when she wouldn't delete a video of the two of them. Rumors on Facebook went around falsely accusing B of having sex with underage kids, and she was disgusted that anyone would spread these kinds of lies. B tried not to let it get the best of her and responded by saying, Those who know her know the truth, and all people are trying to do is drag her name through the mud. The threats became more direct when a guy known as Jameson Richmond posted, quote, Someone need to kill B love, end quote. This really freaked B out, and she told a friend about the message and how someone contacted her through Facebook Messenger with the same kind of threat. The night she died, she texted Kernard and said that she wanted to leave town because she was scared for her life. On September 4th, a call to 911 reported a car on fire. When the dispatcher asked the man if there was anyone inside the car, the caller said they didn't think so. When the firefighters and police arrived to the scene and put out the fire, a body was found in the driver's seat of the car. The car was parked on the grass just outside of those vast agricultural sugarcane fields that I mentioned earlier. B did not know anyone in Clewiston, and Kernard thought it was weird that her car would be there. A few days later, on September 6th, Dental records confirmed the body of B. Love Slater, and her family was notified. Her parents and siblings were heartbroken. This was such a loss they could not comprehend and couldn't come to terms with the fact that helpful B. would never be able to give them hugs and kisses again. A vigil was held for B, and pink balloons were released into the sky. Her family spelled out the name B in candles and sang together to remember the joy and life she brought to those around her. The part that I truly don't understand about this case is that it isn't deemed a hate crime. It seems like B's family and friends all agree that the level of this crime was due to the fact that she was part of the LGBTQ community. Her family and friends also reminded police about the years of threatening online activity that she experienced and the one leading up to her death. Hate crimes do not apply to people who are attacked for their gender in Florida, and so many cases of hate crimes against the trans community are not filed properly. Not only are the reports not filed under a hate crime, but many times the reports are filed under the gender and name on a birth certificate. A person of interest did surface in this case by the name of Jameson Richmond. He is a 29-year-old from Haiti who had been living in Florida for a few years before B's murder. He also goes by the name Fulio on Facebook. He was the one who posted on Facebook saying someone needs to kill B Slater, and police were able to track this post back to his IP address at his home near Belle Glade. Coincidentally, Jameson had a friend named Leon Red Jr., who lived only two miles away from where B's car was found in Clewiston. When looking at a picture of Jameson, the nickname Fulio is fitting. He has a neck tattoo to honor the death of his little brother, and a tattoo of a cross on his forehead, which honestly reminds me of Charles Manson. His posts on Facebook instigate haters and talks a lot of crap about the American government coming after him over taxes. Unfortunately, taxpayers in Florida now have to take care of this guy. Both Fulio and his friend Terrence Demetrius Thomas were both brought in for questioning in the kidnap and murder of Jamal Huberts. 
30-year-old Jamal Huberts was killed between June 2, 2019, when he went missing, and June 4, when his body was found in a canal in Palm Beach County. Fulio and Terrence were arrested for the kidnap and murder of Jamal, and another friend, Leon Red Jr., was arrested for threatening a witness. Fulio has not been arrested for B's murder, and their trials are still pending. B was only one of two trans people living in this rural area of Florida, and the area had seen brutal crimes against trans people in the past. Five years prior, on June 19, 2014, a woman by the name Yasmin Chances, otherwise known as Miss T, was 32 years old when she was murdered very similar to B. Yasmin's body was found shot and burned behind a dumpster after she met with a man that night. Her body was so badly burned that officers could not immediately determine the cause of death. Later, the body was determined to have been shot in the chest. This crime took place in Fort Myers, which is just 90 miles west of Lake Okeechobee. Yasmin transitioned in 2004 and was loved by her family. I'm not sure if her family accepted her as Yasmin because her father and family still used male pronouns and her birth name. Although they may not have accepted her transition, they still loved her and did not disown her. She had seen her dad a week prior before her death and texted him on June 15, 2014, to say Happy Father's Day. Yasmin worked as a hairstylist and enjoyed doing her family's hair. She lost her job after the recession, and it was really hard for her to find work in her area. Again, poverty was really high, everybody was struggling, no one was really hiring, so she tried to make as much money as she could. Yasmin had a few unsavory arguments with tenants she had living with her, but no enemies that would do her harm. A vigil was held where her body was found, and since her favorite color was black, her family released black balloons into the sky. When looking through her phone records, police were able to track down the man that she was with the night of her death. Police questioned Terry Brady for the murder of Yasmin, and he confessed that she had sold sex to him previously, but that they were not in a relationship. He told police that Yasmin posted on Facebook, outing Terry about his sexual orientation. Terry set up a plan to meet Yasmin to hook up and then killed her in his girlfriend's car. Video surveillance shows Terry drove to a gas station to fill up a gas can and a small hole in the roof of the car was visible on video. Terry also tried to get a repair shop to fix the hole in the roof of the car before he returned it to his girlfriend. Bullets found at the crime scene were a match to Terry's gun. Again, frustratingly, the murder was not deemed a hate crime by police. According to Officer J. Rodriguez, quote, We have no indication at this time to say this was specifically done because it was a male living as a female or anything like that. If you really think about it, a hate crime is killing someone for a specific reason. Being black, Hispanic, gay. We're investigating as we would any other homicide, end quote. I don't know how to paint this picture to police. I think that this is exactly what he just explained. It's just not something that they're used to investigating. So I think that most people can agree that Yasmin and B were killed for a very specific reason. 
unfortunately in Florida, being gay and killed is a hate crime, but being trans and killed is not a hate crime. I just don't understand that. So Terry was arrested and the jury only deliberated for one and a half hours before finding him guilty on second degree murder charges. I don't know how this wasn't first degree because it seems premeditated since the post that Yasmin made on social media outing him was made before he killed her. And he brought a gun with him, so I don't understand how that wasn't premeditated and it wasn't like he was claiming self-defense either. The Human Rights Campaign identified at least 22 deaths of trans people last year in 2019, and B, unfortunately, was the 18th. The American Medical Association calls hate crimes against the trans community an epidemic, but honestly, this is a global issue that is widely underreported. If you have any information on B's murder, the authorities are offering up to $3,000 for information about the case. Callers can reach the sheriff's office at 863-674-5600, or you can make a call anonymously to Crime Stoppers at 1-800-780-TIPS. That's 1-800-780-8477. 